Hello and welcome back to the Scenario 7 podcast. Today I am joined by Joe Roberts once again, same duo as for the last uh, podcast. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Josh. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. And today we're going to talk about the Dutch Grand Prix preview. Uh, so the Grand Prix, the Dutch Grand Prix only actually came back to the track or the race calendar last year for the first time since 1985 so I'm actually kind of glad it's back for this year and um, we'll see how it goes this year compared to last year and we'll talk about last year's uh, race later on in the podcast before we jump into anything directly related to the Dutch Grand Prix uh, we were going to discuss the rumours of Gasly moving to Alpine because obviously Alonso has left Alpine to move to Aston Martin for next season onwards we People seem to think it's because of his age, but no one knows the actual uh, ins and outs of why he left. But obviously, Alpine have got to replace him. And at the moment, there are rumours of Gasly leaving AlphaTauri to move to Alpine. So, Joe, what are your thoughts on this current situation? Yeah, I I, I think it's interesting because obviously, Oscar Piastri, um, so you have that fiasco with uh, the summer uh, break with this a so-called silly season has now started. So, yeah, I think we'll get a verdict some point this week about the Oscar Piastri situation. And if that goes in, well, in any favour, they kind of lost uh, Oscar in terms of uh, rumoured to be to McLaren. So they have to replace him. And Gasly, I don't think it's maybe this season hasn't really shown why he should get the seat but obviously last year he performed very very well so yeah gasly would be a good fit it just means that they have to buy him out of the contract and obviously gasly uh, gasly signs another contract for next season so that kind of complicates it and yeah it'll be a good fit apparently ocon gasly don't like each other so that would be a good relationship to see how it develops if it happens. Um, but yeah, it just you know, puts into question what's going to happen with the other seat at Alpha Tower if if, um, if Gasly leaves the Red Bull program. Yeah, like you said, um, I've seen a, I've read a few things as well about um, about this rumor, and like you said, apparently Ocon and Gasly don't like each other because obviously they're both they're both French. Um, so they grew up together in karting, um, and apparently they had some sort of a falling out during some sort of karting race, and it just hasn't been the same since. Um, but like you said, also about the contract that Gasly signed for another year with AlphaTauri, I think I've read something about, it might not be true, but I've read something about there being a clause in the contract that if a team that finished higher than them in the standings approaches Gasly, he is allowed to talk to them and possibly move to them, but not sure how true that is. It could be completely made up, but um, I read it somewhere. I can't remember where. Um, but yeah, I think it would be a good fit for both of them because, like you said, Gasly has not been on form this season, I think mainly due to the car and other teams improving. So I think it would be a, a good move for him to move somewhere new, drive a different car, see if he can uh, pick up his old form. And obviously, it'd be good for Ocon to have some competition again. Because uh, obviously, Alonso is great competition. He seems to be doing well against Alonso, but it's Alonso. He's just one of the best drivers on the grid. Um, 
So that'll be interesting. But yeah, also like you said, for who would replace him at Alpha Tauri? Would they get one of the rookie uh, Red Bull drivers in the academy from F2 or F3? Or will they look for someone completely different? Maybe look at Ricardo, bring him back into the Red Bull Red Bull program. Um, but who knows? We, we'll see how this goes on, how this plays out in the next coming weeks and months. Um, but I'm sure we'll find out soon before the end of the season. Um, but yeah, it should be interesting to see who who goes where. Um, Josh, sorry, sorry, Josh, sorry. Um, you, uh, talking about Ricardo, do you think that'll be because obviously Christian Hall is quite every time it's mentioned, Ricardo kind of has a bit of I don't know wishes he he was in the Red Bull. Do, do you think that'll be kind of a a good fit of him going back into the Red Bull program and then maybe potentially when obviously Perez contracts ends to then go into that back into that Red Bull kind of feed just to obviously for Ricardo to gain some confidence back um, yeah. yeah how do you think that would yeah work? like you said Christian Horner definitely seems to have some sort of sympathy for Ricardo whenever his name is asked in an interview or something um, but I think to answer your question I don't think there'll be a problem with him rejoining the Red Bull Academy. It's just, it all depends on what offers he gets put on the table from from teams. Um, so obviously, if it's the only offer he gets, then if he wants to stay in F1, he has no choice. Um, but if he gets better offers from somewhere else, it depends on if he wants to go back into the Red Bull Academy or try another new challenge somewhere else, like possibly go back to... Alpine when he was with Renault but who knows there's so many different choices that or solutions that could come out it just depends on what he's offered but to answer your question more about your question I think there won't be a I don't think you'd find it a problem going back to the Red Bull Academy but I don't think he would go um, into the Red Bull just because of his age and they, he didn't get on with Verstappen when they were teammates That he might have matured now it might be different um, but I think just because of his age, he wouldn't get the chance to go back into that Red Bull main seat. Um, but who knows? It, it's yeah. it's a crazy it's a crazy world in F1 because like Alonso's back after retiring, and and Hamilton is still here, and he could be going on for a few more years. So who knows? But um, it's a good question. Yeah. Um, but moving on, uh, we'll talk about this track at Zandvoort. So Joe, what are your thoughts on the track? Um, I, I think it's kind of Wow, it's a bit like Monaco with a, a bigger straight kind of thing. It's very like technical circuit. Um, it's very like also quite flowing as well. Um, but yeah, as in I've, from what I can like remember in, in well, the race last year, um, this is talking about the circuit as well. Just generally, the fans seem more hyped. I, th- I think it's just generally how <laughs> Dutch fans are. They're generally quite hyped up every time they see an F1 race anyway. But yeah, it was it, it just just looked mental. I think that kind of put um, a thing on the track that like you must go to this track just because of the atmosphere. Um, and yeah, that, that that's for me, that's why I do like this track, even, even though it's hard to overtake I think it's one of those tracks like Silverstone and Monza that just has to be on it, the calendar, just because of the fans are so... They, they, they create the atmosphere and create the race in, in a way. 
Yeah, it came out for the first time last season since 1985, and it certainly showed and proved to us why it should be there. Although the race, which we'll go through later, was a bit was interesting. Um, the fans definitely make the track want on needed to be on the calendar, basically, because there's so much excitement and so much hype around the event, especially now that there is a, a good Dutch driver on the grid as well in Max Verstappen, which makes it even better. Um, but like you said, you, you um, compared it to Monaco. I think it's quite similar to the Hungara ring, the fact they've got that long home straight, um, lots of bending, fast bending corners uh, around the rest of the track. And obviously the iconic banking um, of turn three, I believe, um, which makes it another challenge for the drivers. But yeah, this track is certainly fun. Something that's like it's a good atmosphere to go to if you can get the chance to experience it. And I look forward to the race with the new cars and the new era around it this weekend. Um, but you mentioned last year's race. I'll quickly go through it. Um, it was interesting. It was probably one of the one of the normal races that you would say from last from last year. And Mercedes car didn't win it. Uh, but because it was his home Grand Prix, the extra boost that he got, Max Verstappen won the race. He got pole as well. And uh, ever since the start of the race, he just kept Hamilton behind him the whole race with Hamilton finishing second. And then Bottas completing the podium in third. But the front three pretty much had a comfortable race all weekend. Um, they were the only three cars to not get lapped um from the entire race which just says a lot about the the track and about the performance of the rest of those cars um which was interesting um but to complete the rest of the order there was a shock driver in fourth uh who we've mentioned already this podcast not being the, having the best season but last year at this race gasly finished p4 a whole 56 seconds uh, actually, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a lap. Bottas was 56 seconds behind Hamilton, which says the difference between the top two in that race. But obviously, he was a whole lap behind Bottas. And then the rest of the top 10 was Leclerc, Alonso, Sainz, Perez, Ocon, and Norris. And there were only uh, four DNS in this race, actually, with Russell, Schumacher, Sonoda, and Mazepin um, being the DNS from that race. We're not going to talk about Mazepin. We'll forget about that. Um, yeah. But Joe, what, what were your thoughts on on last year's race, if you remember it at all? Yeah, I can't. I can't remember it that. I just remember Max and Lewis being in a different league, and just Max just winning, winning on top, just because of, as you said, the extra fans made that made the made him just, yeah, go faster. But it's it's. I'm one from what for as what from what I can remember from the um the race. It was just utter ridiculous speed from uh max and lewis and then boss ash just being a bit slow in the mercedes and then the, the rest of the field just getting holed up by um i don't know i think they got just got holed up by somebody and then just that that basically caused the effect of them being lapped um i think it just made it the only part of the race made it exciting is just if Lewis can get in with the battle of uh, of trying to pass Max when the lap cars, but yeah, it's, it does beg the question about the circuit. Would you you gonna have another scenario where 
for example like Albon can literally just do straights and and just hold people up so be an interesting one if um you see the same drastic amount of people being lapped and but i yeah from 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 last year's race again as i said earlier the fans made made the race and as they they were just mental um but again another dominant performance by max and in that race I'm sure um, the amount of orange fog that was going on throughout the race as well didn't help some of the drivers. But um, let's see if if that continues this weekend or if they'll somehow cramp down on the amount of orange flares that were going on throughout last year's race. Um, but yeah, that's that's us talking about last year's race. We'll now move on to our predictions. Um, we'll leave our podium predictions till last, but we'll go through our other five usual predictions, which are when we think the first accident and lap's going to happen, the first safety car slash virtual safety car slash red flag and the lap it will happen, the first pit stop and the lap it will happen, the first blue flag and the lap it will happen, and who will get the most overtakes and obviously how many overtakes they make. Uh, so, Joe, before I tell them my predictions, what are your predictions for the weekend? Uh, so lap for oh well for the uh instant first instant I've gone uh Ocon uh lap one uh no reason just because I've got a feeling that there'll be some carnage in the midfield and he's generally around eighth to twelfth. Um, Sonoda lap one just because. Uh, for the red flag and safety car virtual safety car, just because Sonoda can be a bit. Uh, pushy, a bit aggressive. Then to pit first, I put Vettel on lap seven, uh, just because he might get damaged and then has to pit. I it could have, probably should have put an earlier lap, but I decided not to. Um, Latifi for getting lapped. I think it's the usual. I think Josh, that'll be your prediction, unless it's um, Albon um, or even like Schumacher. Um, but again, yeah, it it's going to be Latifi lap 33. Then most overtakes, I was thinking about this. I was going to go for Alonso, but then I realised it could easily be quite high up the grid. So I have to put somebody down low. So I put Gasly to perform well. and to, But I've only put um, four overtakes just because it's a very hard track to overtake. But I'm going to say this now. And then there's going to be like Loads. seven overtakes or something like that. Um, and yeah, that's it. What, what are uh, you nice, yeah. Here? So I do have one same, like you mentioned, it's just pretty much the same every week, but um, we'll forget about that one. Uh, I've got for first accident, I didn't really know who to choose for much of these, much of these predictions. It is just a, a massive gamble. Um, but I've gone for first accident, Lance Stroll. Just because on on lap one, just because uh, the first corner is a one eighty degrees corner, and sometimes he's a bit erratic. And same reason as your guy, he tends to start in the middle of the pack, so anything can happen there. So I've gone for Lance Stroll on lap one, and then interestingly enough, I also went for Sonoda for the first safety car on lap one, just because he's a hothead. The same reasons as Stroll with it being a completely turnaround first corner and. And him starting towards the middle of the pack. Uh, but for first pit stop, 
I've gone for Ricardo on lap 15. On lap 15, something a bit different. I just thought about who might start on soft tyres just to have a, a better getaway at the race start. And then obviously they'll have to pit earlier than those who are on the mediums or potentially hards. Um, so I've gone for Ricardo on lap 15. Uh, first blue flag is obviously Latifi. Didn't know what lap to go for. I don't know how quick others would come around the track or if others would hold up. People, like you said, happened last last weekend or last year. So I've gone for lap 26, but it could be earlier. But it is actually a 77 lap race, I think you said. So uh, there are plenty of laps to go through. And then most overtakes, I kind of similar. Um, I've gone with the other Alpine driver of Ocon, which you mentioned Alonso, but I've gone with Ocon. This weekend did persuade me to, to choose him as well with his double overtakes twice in Spa. I feel like he does have good qualifying, but doesn't have the best starts. And is, there's pace in that Alpine, so I think he'll get a few overtakes. And I've gone with five, uh, so one above yours. Uh, so that's my predictions for those five different uh, scenarios. Joe, what is your predictions for the podium for this weekend? Yeah, as in it goes back into um, the theme of max domination. Um, so I'm just going to go for the top. So Max P1, because he seems unstoppable at the moment. Ferrari making too many mistakes and he's kind of um, just like last year, well, a couple of seasons ago in the Mercedes of Lewis, he looks within the car, part of the car. Um, so with one of the car, I think that's the how you say it. Um, so yeah, I think Max is going to absolutely dominate. I don't know how many cars he's going to lap, but yeah. Um, then P2, I think Leclerc's going to try and get redemptions. I probably should have gone for science because, but I'm going to go for Leclerc just because hopefully he doesn't make too many mistakes um, or Ferrari make too many strategy errors and and, and get so that so, uh, a Ferrari can get in the podium. So I've got Leclerc P2. P3, I've got Perez just because. I don't really know why. I could probably could have chosen science, but Perez, he's got a quick Red Bull, not really perform from how he should should do, but he's got uh, again a quick a Red Bull. So I've gone Perez, and that is my top three. Okay, I like you said. There's only really going to be. Well, you, you can only predict one winner from now on, really. He's, he's like I said, he's with, one with the car. He's just unstoppable. He's in a different league. He's so far ahead of everyone else. So I have, and it's also his home race, of, of course. So I've gone with um, Max Verstappen uh, to win the race. But my predictions for second and third are slightly different to yours. I haven't put Perez on the podium just because... I don't see him, he's not as one with the car as Max is, and he also, he was just in a bit of, bit of no man's land in Spa, and I can see Ferrari wanting to really push back and push hard and push all those doubters away this weekend and say, we are still in this fight, um, we can still be constructors champions, and if it may not be drivers, it can be um, constructors. Um, so I've gone with Leclerc, finishing second, well, actually, no, I didn't. I went with science finishing second um, because um, recently 
the most races science has been the better driver and finishing higher than Leclerc in a lot of most recent races. So I think that trend will continue. And I've gone Leclerc to finish to finish third. So I think Ferrari will have a double podium with science second and Leclerc third. And obviously Max being on a league of his own, completely out of sight of Ferrari uh, winning the race. Uh, so there are my predictions and they're your predictions for this race. And that pretty much sums up the preview for the Dutch Grand Prix. Uh, so, Joe, thank you. Thank you for being here. And everyone else, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, we will bring out a review of the race at some point next week, probably Monday or Tuesday. Um, so look look around for that. And like I said, please continue, continue to watch, subscribe. If you have any thoughts on the race, your predictions, put them down in the comments. Uh, we'll try and reply to them and see if we agree or disagree. But like again, th- like I said, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you again in the next podcast.